You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stad Pereira from Niners Nation, alongside Kyle Posey, also from Niners Nation, Justice Mosqueda from Acne Packing Company, and Steven Skirto of Arrowhead Pride behind the glass. KP, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, man. Uh, bye week for us, so we don't, we don't have anything to complain about. I would say us two are the only ones who could say that. Justice! How We're going to lose to McCarthy. <laughs> Everyone is hurt in practice right now. It's going to be bad. The whole country is going to watch. <laughs> it's gone to the point Rodgers is doing. He did McAfee yesterday. He did an article with The Athletic about McCarthy. And it's all just like, truce? Truce? <laughs> nah, <laughs> so no, 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 that's, no. <laughs> that's, how, uh, that's how Packers-Cowboys is going to go. It's so weird because like he's got a great coach now. His coach now is better than McCarthy. Like, LaFleur wins 13 games every year, and yet he's acting like he got stuck with, you know, Jim Tom Sula. Justin, I'm sure you you remember this, but uh, way back when, and one of our contractors shared this in our Niners Nation chat, way back when, in 2021, Tyler Dunn wrote a profile about the Jordan Love era, and in that profile, he highlighted how Rodgers would make fun of Alex Smith and how he would go out of his way to talk down about Mike McCarthy for picking him and to his face, McCarthy's face directly. So it uh, might be a little late to call truce in this uh, in this instance, man. Yeah, he talked about how one of the things he liked about Mike was they could always be direct, whether they were happy with each other or they were in a screaming match. They could always be direct. And I'm scared Mike McCarthy is going to be very direct with the Green Bay Packers and run up the score as as the Packers season is just on absolute life support right now. It's going to be beautiful. Boy, that would be a damn shame, huh? All right, we have a huge (laughs) show for you today. I had the chance to catch up with 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel yesterday, so you're going to get to hear that. And, of course, we're going to do our Week 10 gauntlet as well. But before we get there... Just want to remind everyone that we are brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. It's code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, without further ado, let's get to Debo Samuel. We are very pleased and privileged to be joined by All-Pro 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. Debo, how you doing? Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing good. First question. How are you feeling? How's the hamstring? Everything good? Yeah, everything good. That's good. As a 49er fan and someone covers the team, uh, looking forward to having you back out there as soon as possible. You're joining us today on behalf of Overtime and a video feature that you did uh, with them presented by GMC, which is out on YouTube right now. If you just go to YouTube and you search Debo Samuel Overtime, 
this whole feature pops up. It's a multi-part feature. And I got to tell you, Debo, I watched this thing and I was really surprised. You share a lot about yourself and your personal life in this thing. What made you want to do this? Um, it was just something different to show the people what I do outside of just football. You did camps that you went around to. There's a lot of family stuff in there. There's stuff in there with your son. Like, I feel like I got to know you a little bit after watching this thing. That, that's what it was for. Definitely very cool. Again, just go to YouTube, search Debo Samuel Overtime. You can check that out and uh, really get a lot of cool information in there. There's some stuff about the contract negotiations that I always thought was interesting. One of the things that you mentioned in the feature is the first time you saw some of the numbers that were out there for your contract and it sort of becomes real for you. Like it's one thing to talk about getting a deal, but when you see those numbers in front of you, what was that like? It was just a little different. Um, but at the end of the day, having a discussion with my agent, that wasn't the ending goal. That wasn't the ending number that, that we wanted to end up with. So um, it was just kind of like, you know, this is the first offer and I was straight back to work. I think people sometimes get a little desensitized to it when we forget just how much money we're actually talking about. I mean, this is literally life changing money. Um, if I could transition a little bit to the to the current team. I always wanted to ask you, you have a lot of highlight real plays in your career. Do you have a favorite play? Uh, not necessarily. I'm not a guy that just, you know, um, go back and just rewatch all the crazy plays that, you know, saying that I've had in my career. Um, a lot of people may know, like, I put the team first before anything. So it don't matter if I, I go out there and have a game, five catches, 30 yards or whatever, as long as we get the win. Like, my my ending goal also, my ending goal is to win a Super Bowl. So it's not all about stats and the uh, crazy plays that I've made. It's about the end goal. Um, we came short twice, so I just got that bad taste in my mouth. Like, you know what I'm saying? We got the team, the players, and the coaches to to actually win one. Uh, we've, we've been there, what, twice out of my – three years in the league. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's, we're really close. A lot of guys after that Rams game were talking about how you feel like you've sort of figured something out and you feel like you are in a good position going forward now. Do you feel like that? Like, okay, we know our identity now and we can make a run at this thing? Yeah, of course, especially with all the guys we got coming back. Um, we get both our linebackers back. We get Elijah Mitchell to add on with Christian McCaffrey. Um, I came back and um, Eric and Kenlaw on the verge of getting back. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we're going to be a really scary team once everybody, you know what I'm saying, come back together. Who is the hardest person to tackle, you, Kittle, or Christian McCaffrey? Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that one. Have you, uh, is, is Christian McCaffrey officially part of the Yak Bros? <laughs> I mean, he's just got here. If you want to throw him in there, you're good for it. You got it. I feel like you got it. I mean, it's he fits right in uh, nicely with you guys. Um, there has been some talk about Odell Beckham Jr. potentially looking for a new team. He's going to be cleared soon. If he were to call you up and say, Ode uh say, Debo, what's the what's my pitch here? Why should I come to the 49ers? What would you say to him? Hey man, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't get too much in the, in in all that stuff that I can't control, man. That's a, that's for the people up top. No recruiting pitch. <laughs> hey man, I mean, hey, if 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 they think he's a great fit for our team, you know, they'll they'll make a push for it. If they don't, if they don't, I mean, at the end of the day, it's you know, it is what it is. When you play against the Chargers this week, you're going to be on Sunday Night Football. Does that matter to you at all, or are guys in general playing in prime time, or do you not care? 
No, I don't, I don't think that too much matter. Um, we go out there with one goal, no matter the time, day. We can play on a Tuesday night. I mean, um, at the end of the day, we out there to, to do one job, and that's win a game. I had one more question about the video feature, if I could, because one thing jumped out to me, and it was something that your girlfriend, Mahogany, actually said. She said that you guys were playing bingo, and you accused her of cheating at bingo? Man, if I lose, somebody cheat. <laughs> that's just, that just how I feel. That's just, that just my take on things, man. I, don't, I ain't a big loser. You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, um, it's all fun and games. So, you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing that's serious. I saw you had the Ms. Pac-Man in your uh, fan cave there. What, how did you go with Ms. Pac-Man? Ms. Pac-Man, Mr. Pac-Man, all, you know, all those game, all those arcade games is just, just in one machine. So um, nice. kind of grew up playing all those games. So, I mean, like, why not? My little brother and him be here a lot um, during the year in the offseason, too. So, I mean, it's something for them to do, even though we got four or five PlayStation 5s all around the house and pool tables and basketball goals and all that. So, I mean, he, he really got whatever he want to play. I like that because it's kind of like old school, and I'm a fan of that stuff. Uh, you mentioned basketball. I did not realize that basketball is actually your favorite sport. Yeah, I didn't too much like football. I was kind of forced to play it because my dad was my coach growing up. Yeah, how was that? Um, it was smooth. I, th I think I was pretty, pretty good at it. But um, at the end of the day, you know, like um, I wasn't 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, so um, I didn't think it was going to work out. <laughs> One of the cool things I liked was that you got to go back and talk to a lot of your old coaches. Um, and it, obviously, it's very important to you to go back and keep in touch with everybody. seems like you really put a focus on maintaining those relationships and remembering sort of your steps along this journey. Right. Um, I can call any one of them coaches you've seen on video right now on FaceTime and they'll pick the phone up. Um, it's just it's just I think it's just more so of like knowing who you are knowing who helped you, you know what I'm saying, get to the place that you is now. Um, coach Mark Hyde's played a, a huge role in that. Um, my head coach, um, Stephen Fasaro was my receiver coach. I mean, guys like that, um, it's good to stay in touch with. Even the guy, um, Brian McClendon, who coached me in college, I he called me once a week every Sunday. You know, um, it's just guys like like that I, I love to keep a relationship with because at the end of the day, you never know whenever you're done. They might be one of the guys that you need to lean on to, and not only just for – a job, but you know, just just being a mentor and just getting advice for them to to for you to be the mentor to the next guy coming up. So I mean, I just think it's 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 big to hold those relationships with those guys. Do you like ask them football questions, or do they ask you football questions, or more just kind of like a life? Well, we don't too much. We don't too much have football questions. Like we we talk like like I call my mom and dad, and like we just have those type of conversations. Do you think that you might eventually want to get into coaching? Um, I might. I don't know yet. I'm still playing right now. I'm in. I'm in my prime right now, so I ain't too much thinking about coaching. Absolutely. Well, uh, trust me, as a 49er fan, I love to see it. You may not watch the highlights, Debo, but I got to tell you, I fired up that screen pass against the Bears last year many, many times, and the 54-yard <laughs> touchdown against the Rams. I am very familiar with those. So you may not do it, but I'm telling you, there are tons of 49er fans that do it. Again, you can go to YouTube and just enter Overtime and Debo Samuel and both parts of the series will pop right up. It's available for you now. Debo, I really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks again to Debo. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will run the gauntlet for Week 10. We'll get to the bottom of the biggest question of the week. Who is the MVP halfway through this season? That and more when we come back. <laughs> 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. As they win the gridiron gauntlet. Okay, Smarty, what's a gauntlet? Truly don't even know what a gauntlet is. The gauntlet has been laid. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, gentlemen, it is gauntlet time. We have gone through the topics. We've gone in the lab. We've come out with the topic of the week. The MVP halfway through the 2022 season, we have the top 10 odds, according to our friends at DraftKings. KP, I will start with you. Who is the MVP so far this year? Tyreek Hill, who, by the way, is plus 8,000, or Justin Herbert, who's plus 5,000? Oh, wow. Um, Clearly the two most valuable players for their respective teams. So I don't know if anybody watched the Falcons and Chargers this past week. They had... No business winning. And you could probably say this about every charge game. They had no business winning. The only reason they won is because number 10, like they don't, he doesn't have anybody to throw to. <laughs> that game isn't close without, you know, a quarterback the caliber of Herbert. And when I say he doesn't have anybody to throw to, people will point out the injuries to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And obviously that matters, but like he's hitting guys in the face mask, Jared out, uh, Jared Everett down the scene for like 20 yards, and he, they just drop the ball. So he has to overcome those uh, those type of plays, and not to mention the sieve of a defense. Like their, so I, I don't want to get into like their run fits, but just their run defense in general. It is a shame. It is 
one of the worst things that you could watch um, as a football fan. So, yeah, it's it's tough to go against Herbert here. But think about what Tyreek is doing and the numbers that he's putting up with the quarterback that he has. Um, he would probably have 1,500 yards if he had a competent quarterback. And I I know that Tua made a ballot, but the uh, what – what he is able to do, what Tyreek specifically is able to do for that offense and what he's able to add. I, I think I'm going to go with Tyreek. And I know we can do like the numbers comparison or like what he's doing and the volume and whatnot. But I mean, his speed, his speed element is a big deal. The explosive plays that he adds, but it, there's no real way to stop him. And I think that is probably one of the biggest comments you give somebody. So I, I'm going to go with Tyreek here. I, I thought you were going to go Herbert. And I started building my case. And I was like, look, he doesn't have receivers. He's offensive coordinator is a mess right now. He's not getting help from the defensive side. But he doesn't really have the stats, right? I mean, he especially in the last month or so, that's really been hurting him. That's why we're talking about him as, you know, this number 10, number 9 range in the MVP race. Tyreek Hill has 1,104 receiving yards. That's like 250 more than anyone else in the league. You look at all-purpose yards. It's him at the very top, and then the next guys are all these star running backs. It's Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey. What he's doing is not comparable to anyone else in the league, and I think, you know, when you're comparing, you know, the MVP one is your team has to have a good record, right? And Chargers are – kind of trending downward right where Miami's trending upward especially you know potentially with this Josh Allen injury they might even end up winning the damn east which felt (laughs) like not possible coming into the year um and then you check the stats and it's like no one's in a stratosphere at all I think it has to be Tyreek I think not in terms of the MVP but like offensive player of the year that usually goes to a non-quarterback I think Tyreek is like He's got to be the runaway favorite for that. It's absurd, the numbers that he is putting up. Like you said, KP, especially with two as his quarterback, although we'll get to Mr. Tungavailo a little bit later in the gauntlet. All right, Justice. So Tyreek Hill moves on. Who's the MVP, Tyreek or Kirk Cousins, who's plus 4,000? Has to be Tyreek. I, I think I kind of think the Vikings are paper tiger right now. I think the Vikings have kind of gotten lucky. Um, in some of these games, obviously they've built up enough of a lead on the rest of the NFC North that they're going to be a shoe in to make the playoffs at this point. Um, decent chance that they could be the two seed, but I don't think anyone actually thinks Kirk Cousins is the driver of this bus, right? Like even when we had guys like Jared Goff, when Jared Goff arguably had the best passing stats in the NFL, he wasn't the NFL's MVP because people could differentiate between like who was the reason for those statistics. I don't, I don't think it's Kirk cousins. Shout out to Justin Jefferson. (laughs) So yeah, when you're, when you're watching the Vikings and I think it's a good point when like, he's not the driver, I think Kevin O'Connell should get a lot of credit. I think he's adjusted how he calls plays to what they do. Well, um, like you hear arguments about Cousins pushing the ball down the field. I don't think that Connell trusts him to throw the ball down the field, which is why we're not seeing that. It's not like they don't have the weapons to do that. But last week, 
17-7 down in the fourth quarter against the Commanders. This is the MVP that we're talking about. The only reason that they win that game is because Taylor Heineke throws it directly to a Vikings defender. He's able to pretty much house it or come close to scoring. And that's why the, the game is close. And you see this a lot with the Vikings. Like they do, they do build big leads, but every third, fourth quarter, it seems like they find ways or go out of their way to blow the games. And um, against the Bears, the Bears are driving and they have a fumble and the, the Vikings or Cam Dancer is able to recover. It seems like that is most of their games where they have this this last-minute heroic or the other team just kind of pooping down their leg. I think with Tyreek going back to his stats and what he's able to do, so you mentioned like him having the 11 yards – or sorry, 1,100 yards. He has two games where he had 40 and 30, so 33, I believe, and 45. So it makes it even more impressive that he's able to put up these crazy numbers because he's had um, a couple stinkers, and that's not to his fault just because, you know, the Dolphins – I weren't able to score in those games, but I think this one's not even close. Uh, Kirk Cousins should not be in the MVP discussion. He crumbles under pressure. Thank you, Commanders, for covering last week because I would have been very, very mad if that didn't happen. All right, adios, Kirk. Next up, KP, MVP, Tyree Kill or Joe Burrow plus 2,000? Joey V, huh? Um, I, I wonder if this good still. I wondered if the perception would change on him based on what they did. So primetime game, everybody gets to see Joe Burrow on Monday night football for the first time. And they couldn't do anything against the Browns. Like they couldn't move the ball. Struggling. Yeah. That was their first game without Jamar. That was his first game without Jamar Chase this season. But you would think an MVP candidate would be able to overcome that. And I'm not, you know, solely blaming him. I think the Bengals as a team, as a unit, they are very good. And I would say with a healthy Jamar Chase, they're probably one of the five best teams in the NFL. Uh, that might sound like a hot take, but I think they are pretty good. Still, I'm going to have to go with Tyreek, man. Just what he's able to bring to the table. I think, he again, he, he overcomes a lot, um, specifically quarterback and offensive line. But I don't know if Burrow leaves something to be desired, but I just I, I wouldn't put when I'm thinking of MVP candidates, like Tyreek comes to mind, and and not so much Burrow. So I think Burrow is just on the outside looking in. That's again, that's not a slight to say you're not as good as the best players in the NFL. But I just wouldn't put Burrow in the same category as Tyreek or some of the other players that we'll probably get to. How many games over 500 do you think Joe Burrow is for his NFL career? Um. Yeah, he can't be. Is he over five hundred? One or two? Yeah, it's not. The answer is zero. Yeah, he's okay. five hundred exactly. Seventeen, seventeen, and one. Um, his his average yards per attempt have dropped by over a yard between last year and this year. And last year they were a six loss team that you know made a run through the wild card and won a bunch of close games. I feel like we're still living off of that like peak Joe Burrow of like. LSU. Him at the end of the year getting a bad Baltimore team that had high school cornerbacks and he's throwing <laughs> for 400 yards. And then he just makes an improbable kind of playoff run. Not even necessarily him like the Bengals do, right? Um, I just – I really don't get the hype for Joe Burrow to this extent. Um, just don't really get it. I, I think he's a fine quarterback, but I think he's somewhere like like Tony Romo. Right. He's somewhere in that range. I don't think he's in that upper echelon of like we're talking about guys like, you know, Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a tier behind those guys. I think you also have to point out 
the, like everybody's going to remember um, that game where he had 300 some yards in the first half against the Falcons. But let's talk about what he does. The Falcons can't play defense. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like that's my point. Let's let's talk about when he plays competent or capable defenses. So against Dallas, week two, 199 yards passing, 5.5 yards per attempt. Uh, they played the Ravens, where since he scored 17 points, he had 217 yards, 6.6 yards per attempt. This that past Monday night game against the Browns, who are not a good defense, by the way, uh, 232 yards for 6.6 yards per attempt. Like his numbers in their losses are not good. And you, if we're talking about MVP, you have to bring up, you know, the rest of your talent around you. And that's that's just not happening. So I think it's fair to say that Burrow should be on the outside looking in here. His best win this year is probably or I'm, I'm, I'm looking in October. This is what happened. Lost to Baltimore, win against New Orleans, win against Atlanta, lost against Cleveland. And then he most recently beat the Panthers. The best win there is a Joe Mixon beat the Panthers, by the way. (laughs) There's a four point win over New Orleans is is the best game that they've had in the last five weeks. So I don't know. Not buying it. Joe Burrow taking it on the chin here. All right, Justice. MVP halfway through the year. Tyreek Hill or Geno Smith, who's at plus 2,000? We got to give Geno credit at some point, right? He's putting up the numbers. I know he's got really good wide receivers. He's got those young tackles that are playing pretty well in pass protection at the very least. Um, They're leaning on him having to win some of these ball games. I know they have a run game, but like that defense, the first half of the season so far has not done pretty well. Um, They've looked better in recent weeks, but they were terrible to start the season. I think Gino's got to get his credit. And I think, at this point, we're legitimately talking about this guy getting like a Tannehill type of contract at the very least, right, in the offseason. Um, he warrants it. It's his play. Like, you can find him just blacking out and throwing dimes like three times a game. And it's like, I know you have the wide receivers, but he delivered the ball to him. So I think because of the position and especially, I mean, there's a chance. Look, if you look at the NFC, right, obviously there's the Philadelphia Eagles, right? But then after that, I don't think there's a clear leader in the South. Um, you look at the West, the West is winnable. I mean, if we see a Vikings collapse, right, there's a yeah. chance the Seahawks can win the West and become like the two seed in the NFC after trading Russell Wilson. You have to give the guy credit for that, right? Um, I know the NFC isn't nearly as strong at the, on the you know top end as the AFC is, but like – it's time to give Gino his flowers because he's legit. Let's let's say they do get the two seed and the Seahawks get a home a home game in the playoffs, which would be a big deal because the, their home field matters. Like there are not many teams you can say that about, but Seattle is definitely one of the teams where their home field matters. How do you not have him in your top three ballots as a um, as an MVP? Based on think about the preseason expectations. This was a team that they were going to be shooing for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, right? Like, they weren't going to win more than two, three games. And they're on, like, two, three-game winning streaks multiple times throughout the season. When we're talking about the numbers that Burrow's putting up and some of the numbers that Geno's putting up, even in some of his games, last week, for example, like, he did not play well. He had some passes go directly off of the Cardinals defenders' hands. But almost plays don't count in the NFL. On the very next play on both of those passes, he throws absolute dimes for touchdowns, like plays where not a lot of quarterbacks would even attempt. So he gets credit for that and putting the ball directly on the money. 
I think this is the best that I've ever seen him play. And I mean, if, if you're a fan of college football, obviously you know what he was able to do in West Virginia, but some of the decision-making that he has like that he's made. And then again, the ball placement, like his accuracy has just been insane. I think this one's, this one's pretty easy. It's just because like Tyreek Hill has been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL for a few years now. So like, yeah, he's great. He's a great player. He's putting up these crazy numbers, but we, we've kind of expected that from him. When we're talking about Gino, when we're talking about, again, two rookie offensive tackles, he just had a stud running back in Rashad Penny out for the season. His game is not tapered off at all, and I think you have to give Gino credit for that. Uh, he went in on – no, they weren't on the road, but he, they did beat the Giants. Who The Giants, they are somewhat decent, right? I know their record yeah. says they're pretty good, but – uh, what he was able to do against the Giants was impressive. Like the week before, like a somewhat healthy Chargers team as well. The week before against the Cardinals, like so every week he's putting up a case why he's not going to go away. And every week, uh, son, uh, the next Monday following that, people are trying to find ways to tear Gino down. He's just a really freaking good player, man. I think it's pretty simple. Um, yeah, th- this one's pretty easy for me. It should be Gino and. I imagine he's not going to like what we've seen the first half of the season isn't going to change in the second half either. I don't even know if you could have placed a bet on Geno Smith to win MVP if you wanted to before the season began. Like, was he even on the list? I'd probably not, right? I would imagine no. Well, they had that whole thing with Drew Locke where, what was it? He ended up getting COVID in the preseason. Like, they were supposed to split reps in preseason games and Locke just, like, wasn't able to, to play him. So, see, that's like... That makes me think that maybe the Seahawks shouldn't get as much credit as we're giving them because <laughs> they insisted on getting Drew Locke back in the deal for Russell Wilson because they didn't think that Geno Smith was capable of this. Like, nobody thought this. And yet, he I agree with everything you guys have said. He has clearly been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's got four times as many touchdowns this year as, as turnovers. Credit to Geno Smith. Good for you. You're kicking butt. Is he the uh, best quarterback in the NFC? No, there's no way that's possible. I mean, <laughs> put some respect on Dak first of all. That's the first name that comes up to mind. Um, Dak's played like three games. That's fine. I, I if you're talking to like MVP race, maybe, but I just mean like in terms of like pure talent. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm just like this season has he been the best quarterback in the NFC? Who's been better than Geno Smith in the NFC? Uh, I mean, the Eagles fans are screaming right now. Yeah, no, and that's that's your only argument. The Eagles fans are screaming. I'm looking at the stats, and it's like the next guy up is probably Jimmy Garoppolo? Question mark? No, no, no. Right now, he is not the answer. I know, I know. I'm I'm just saying, like from a statistical standpoint, it's like that, and then. Brady, but like even then, it's like we're talking, we're not talking like prime Tom Brady stats, you know, in this race. So, yeah, yeah I mean, is... he, he might be having the best year for NFC quarterbacks if you're not counting Jalen Hurts, which you probably, you probably should. Yes. Oh, no, uh, we have to count Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And we'll get to Jalen. Don't worry. He's on the list. Uh, KP, Geno Smith or Lamar Jackson, who's plus 1200. Jeez, mm, man. It's like picking your favorite child. (laughs) So Baltimore on Monday night, everybody in the world thought the Saints were going to win because they don't, um, the Ravens don't have anybody to throw to. It's pretty much rookie tight end. Right. And uh, the corpse of Deshaun Jackson, who they just signed off the street. (laughs) 
And there's no problem at all for them to move the ball. Why is that? I wonder. They have the one of the best, if not the best athlete on um, in the NFL. What Lamar is able to do consistently is just unreal. You, you, I'm sure everybody's seen the clip of Peyton Manning where he's just in awe that Lamar is able to get a specific type of throw off because his feet aren't set. Like most other or 99% of the other quarterbacks who have ever thrown a ball are able to do so. I I really don't know how you against Lamar, but expectation, right? So for the season, if you were to say, yeah, Lamar is going to win the MVP this year, most people would be like, yeah, that makes sense. If you were to say, Jim Smith is going to win the MVP this year, you probably would have got cussed out, blocked, slapped, whatever <laughs> it may be. So I, I do struggle with this. I would say because Gino has been more consistent, it would be him. And I know his surrounding parts are better than Lamar's by far, and that's not close. There's so much on Lamar's plate, man, that it it, it makes it tough to pick against him because everybody knows it's him and the defense still is out to stop him. They still not stop him. I will never not marvel at what he's able to do in the open field to some of the best athletes in the world. But I, I think, you know, here, and I, well, I hate that I'm saying this out loud. I, I would, I'm going to go Gino here. Just wow. Our first disagreement. It's good. I was scared that, uh, we were going to agree this entire time. It's got to be Lamar. I mean, he he's the offense. He is the offense. He's rushing for about two yards per carry more than what he was averaging last year. He's at 635. Uh, last year, he was at 767 for the season. I know he missed some games last year, but still, um, from a passing game perspective, I mean, he's doing about as good as you could ask for for a guy with those kind of targets. He's blowing up on his offensive line because they're <laughs> they're messing up constantly. He As is he is the offense. I I think I I lean Lamar here, just because to your point, right? Geno Smith has Tyler Lockett. He has DK Metcalf. Right uh, up until recently, he had a great running back coming out of the backfield. There were other focal points other than we got to stop Geno Smith from delivering the ball. Lamar Jackson is everything to that Baltimore offense. If he went down, I mean, I guess Huntley can kind of do some of the same things a little bit. But, like, if you put, I don't know, 26 other quarterbacks in the league in his position, the Ravens are easily sub-500 right now. All right, so we got a disagreement. That means we're going to require the services of Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride, man behind the glass. Steven, where are you going, Geno or Lamar? Listen, Gino has been incredible this season. I've enjoyed every minute of watching Gino play football, but there is no chance that he is an MVP over Lamar Jackson and everything that Lamar is having to do right now for that offense. Like you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson was in that game this past week, immediately got hurt. Like we all knew he was going to, and now he's out. So they don't even have Deshaun Jackson anymore. They don't have Rashad Bateman. They're down to their third, fourth string running back and a rookie tight end. It's just unbelievable what Lamar Jackson is doing on a week-to-week basis. So I think it's easily Lamar over Gino right now. And I'm sorry, Gino. I love you. Love everything you're doing, but it's Lamar. I wanted wow. to uh, I want to give a shout-out to Sean Payton, who this week said, mm-hmm. you know, Lamar has potential to be a free agent. I have potential to be a free agent. Sean Payton. You traded two first-round picks 
to draft Marcus Davenport, 18 selections ahead of Lamar Jackson. You had your shot at Lamar Jackson. What are you well, doing? Also, it, that. doesn't that kind of count, count as tampering? It doesn't right. count if you're quote-unquote retired for one it year? has to. None of that statement is true. Lamar can be franchised, and the Saints still own Sean Payton's rights. You have to trade for Sean Payton if you want to hire him. So every yeah. part of that sentence was wrong. He's a media guy now. That's what Sean Payton is. <laughs> I mean, he's out there publicly campaigning for the Chargers job. Like, it is shameless. He, how he, he went on – we talked about this on – probably what was it like two weeks ago about how Sean Payton is, you know, poking around for the chargers job and the Cardinals job. And then the week after he has this long monologue running down exactly what, you know, Brandon Staley was doing wrong from a game <laughs> management standpoint. And it's like, Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's, he wants that chargers job to open. I feel like that's pretty clear at this point. And it, it very well might but I don't think it has to do with his public campaigning. Unreal. All right, Sean, you do you, whatever. All right, so Lamar Jackson advances. Justice, I put it to you, Lamar Jackson at plus 1,200 or Tua at plus 800. Here come the mentions. I can Uh-oh. feel it coming. Tua, nah. Tua, nah. Um, shout out to Tua. Who got, if I'm looking at this right, 17,000 votes <laughs> in a senator's race in Florida. Which, wait, wait, he was not in. <laughs> yes, was very not. much was not in. This was also just Tua, one name, not Tua Tungabailoa. I don't know if it changes, if he got more votes, if that splits it up. Um, I understand. You guys, you guys heard how highly I think of Tyreek, right? I think that has to be a factor. Um, I think a lot of the two things, I mean, he's making so many throws over the middle of the field in that intermediate range where they're throwing all these glances and stuff. I think to a certain extent, it's almost like watching that first year Chip Kelly team in Philadelphia where it's like, oh, they just have an edge over the league, right? And I think the rest of the league is going to start assimilating those things. That is a great comparison, by the way. Yeah, I, I think I think the rest of the league is going to start assimilating those things, and it's just kind of more of like Mike Daniels is ahead of the curve on this one. Um, I don't think it really comes down to Tua. I, I understand he's accurate. He's delivering the ball. He has two damn near – like they would probably be – Oh, we can say all, it. <laughs> if they're not all pro, they're pro bowl wide receivers. Like Tyreek should be all pro for sure. I don't know if Waddle would be. Waddle's um, incredible, by the way. That's what I'm saying. He should, at, at the very least, be in like Pro Bowl contention if he were on another team where he was just the clear number one, right? I think like all those factors have to have to come into play. And then I know you guys hate the Dolphins fans are screaming right now. I know they hate hearing about like the arm strength stuff, but the arm strength stuff is gonna matter when you're having to play on the road in the AFC when it's a, you know a cold, windy day in Kansas city or Buffalo, that's going to end up mattering. I've seen Tua already this year, throw some interceptions that were not because of decision-making. It was because of arm strength. And I'm sorry. I'm not just going to pretend that didn't happen because the stat sheet says that he's a very efficient quarterback. We can give him credit for that. Also saying there are limiting factors to kind of like what Tua's upside can be. Yeah. I think let's give Tua some credit because he, like he is an accurate passer, and that does matter. And for that offense to work, 
Like he has to be able to hit guys and not obviously when you think of when I say he's accurate, people are going to cite, you know, underthrown deep balls. But there are other throws that he makes and he does complete and gives guys a chance to run after the catch. And that does matter. But I'm, that is a really good uh, comparison as far as like the Chip Kelly Eagles, because it does feel like what Mike McDaniel is doing is kind of smoke and mirrors and won't last. He runs like four you, or five you plays. Look at, you look at the throws over the middle of the field. Tua is like double or more than double in terms of the yards that they've generated this year compared to anyone else in the rest of the league. They're just hitting teams over the middle of the field in ways that other teams aren't. They're just not attacking defenses in that way. It just feels like they're one year ahead. Everyone's going to start looking at like, okay, why is, why did, how did they get to a, to put up this many yards outside of the fact that they have two great wide receivers? Everyone's going to study that and be like, we need to do that. So, yeah, Mike McDaniel is so far out of the curve right now, just as far as, it's like when you think of like a flood concept, for example, you think it's going outside the numbers and he's flooding the middle of the field or I don't, like the seam, I guess is the easiest way to put it. He's he's flooding like where the seams are, like where the hashes are, and defenses just don't have an answer because there's so much different eye candy going on. So I think if we're talking about MVPs, McDaniel should probably be on the list, honestly. And like for Tua, if if we're arguing Tua and Lamar, switch uh, ball players. Like what's Baltimore's record with Tua? What's Miami's record with Lamar? Oh my god! If Lamar's on Miami. <laughs> I am going to Vegas right now, putting everything that I own on them winning the Super Bowl coming out of the AFC. They would be incredible with Lamar, whereas Baltimore, they're probably what three, two. Like, how many wins do does Baltimore have if we're switching? So, I think that's a, a pretty easy argument um, when we're comparing the two. Sorry, Tua. This one looks like it went the way of your Senate race, unfortunately. <laughs> I also, Greg Roman. Ain't no Mike Daniels. Yeah. Wow. Tell you that right now. <laughs> That's the understatement of the show right there. <laughs> right. All right. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty. Now we're getting into, speaking of tiers, this is the upper tier MVP level here. So let's see if Lamar can hold his own. KP, Lamar Jackson at plus 1,200 or Josh Allen at plus 350? I have some takes about Josh Allen. Um, Uh-oh. I, I would take Lamar just outright, but I think Lamar is more of an MVP candidate. So for whatever reason, when Josh Allen throws the ball to the other team, we turned a blind eye to it. Like he makes a ton of boneheaded mistakes throughout the game. Like sometimes the defense doesn't take advantage of them, but like he, he's pretty consistent in that. And I'm not saying Lamar doesn't make mistakes. And like I, I remember, I forgot who it was against, but he had a couple bad ones during the near the goal line. But again, I think when when you're looking at what's on one person's plate, what's on the other person's plate, both are asked to do a lot. Both, like if this were the NBA, both of their usage rates would be through the roof, top five. But I still, I would lean Lamar here, and I'm gonna probably pick Lamar the rest of the way. Like if I, if somebody were to ask me who my MVP ballot would be, it would probably be Lamar. I know I said Gino earlier, but that's because I have a soft spot for Gino. I will always pick Gino, and I will never not pick Gino. So your ballot is Geno Smith one, Lamar Jackson two. Essentially, yes. Goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> I, I man, we're, I mean, we're talking about the same thing here. Where would they be without Lamar? 
What would Greg Roman do without Lamar? Think about it like that. How would he call plays without Lamar? So that the touchdown pass that he threw um, in the Saints game, like he has to run and he has to affect like he's running the ball. And then the last minute he pops up, throws a strike in stride to a rookie, a day three rookie tight end. Like that's the only option. Other than that, are we going to run? Uh, we're going to spam mess with Devin DuVernay. Like he's so handicapped by his offensive coordinator that what Lamar is able to do makes it even more impressive. And again, like they don't run him. They probably don't run him as much as they should. I I would be tempted to give him like 20, 25 uh, carries a game, knowing that that is my best option to move the ball offensively. They only do it in like high leverage or, Hey, we have no other choice or no other chance of moving the ball. So we're going to give Lamar the ball here. I uh, I think that that just speaks more volumes to him. Whereas like Josh Allen, I, I don't want to make it sound like he's not a great quarterback. It's obvious that he's taking the steps and developed into one, but I just don't think enough there's enough focus on some of his mistakes or issues as a quarterback. And I'm gonna go Lamar because of it. I feel like one, I've seen both of Josh Allen's last two games, right? Because of you know, Green Bay and then we got the Jets locally. Um Do you think you played well against Green Bay? No. No, yeah. I, I really don't. Um, he had, yeah, to your point, he had a couple dumb interceptions in that game. But I feel like that's almost like recency bias, where it's like, whoa, Wyoming Josh is back, like a couple times a game, where I know he had interception numbers in previous years, but the throws didn't look like that, right? So I'm hesitant to kind of fault him so much for the interceptions, especially when he's about to set his own – um, like his career high in yards per completion this year when everything else, like you look league wide passing efficiency is just tanking like crazy. I understand he has good wide receivers in, in Greg Davis and uh, Stefan Diggs around him, but he's still a very explosive quarterback in a league that is getting less and less explosive, you know, up, up until the jets game, which like, they were in it till the very end, you know, Miami was the other game that they lost. That was kind of a, choke job on their part um they were six and one going into that game so like there was a pretty clear reason i think why josh allen was getting this hype i i think i would take so here's here's where i would differ right if we're talking about what he's done so far this season i think i'd go josh allen but that shoulder injury seems like it's going to be a pretty big deal i, I know Rappaport said that he's going to be able to play through it and, you know, no big deal, stuff like that. I've heard differing stuff from people in the league. So it'll be interesting to see what Josh Allen's like, one, what he plays like moving forward, two, what his stability looks like moving forward. I wouldn't bet on Josh Allen for MVP for the remainder of the season, right, just because of that injury. It has nothing to do with how good the Bills are, what his performance has been like up to this point. I just don't think that he's going to end up finishing the year fully healthy or even finishing the year necessarily. So I'm, I'm glad we brought up the, sho- the shoulder injury because we're, we're talking about explosiveness. So Lamar's explosiveness is through the roof. Like nobody's matching him. But as a runner, Josh Allen is pretty freaking underrated. Like he's a dynamic runner. And I feel like that that's how they beat injury. the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting to the edge with Josh Allen and their their outside linebackers who were paid to set the edge are like, dude, we can't keep up with this guy. He's, He's bigger and faster than us. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so that will be kind of interesting to keep an eye on to see if they kind of dial back how they use 
Josh Allen because, again, like 392 rushing yards, he's averaging over six yards a carry. Um, he's one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL, probably one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL in the past few seasons. So that that is something to definitely keep an eye on to see if um, they dial back his rushing usage. But like if he's not able to they remember the last play of the game uh, last last week against the Jets. Gabriel Davis probably should have caught that ball, man. That ball was perfect. He's rolling to his left, falling back. And what? That's like 50 yards in the air. Makes it look effortless. Not a lot of, excuse me, not a lot of players are able to do what Josh Allen's able to do. So, like, we're talking about the best of the best here. So, okay, two things. One, Justice, is, is Josh Allen your pick for the purposes of the gauntlet or not? Right. Hedge. So, so, so what? what is the question for the gauntlet? Is it MVP? For now he has questions or moving right. forward. I would say well, to, I, I need clarification to this point, right? Because we've only played point, half the game. I would say Josh Allen to this point, Josh Allen. All right, so we have a disagreement there. But, but I would not all, bet on him making MVP for season long. It's a UCL injury, right? With that's an elbow thing. That's a lot of times I in have, baseball when you talk no about <laughs> UCL is always what's wrong when you pitcher needs Tommy John surgery. If you've ever heard of that, if you're any for any baseball fans out there, that's in your elbow. So that's if it, so I, my answer wouldn't change if it's a UCL injury. Still, I, I imagine they would dial back any sort of uh, they would dial back any plays that are going to welcome contact like running it. So that's fascinating. So we have a disagreement. So, Stephen Serta, we're going to need you here once again. Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen? He's got a smile on his face. I'm scared about what <laughs> I know. I hate, what, I hate what he's about to say right now. <laughs> so if we were just. Kind of what Justice was saying with Josh Allen. So, you know, like the first four weeks of the season, I was on board. Josh Allen, like MVP, Jalen Hurts, and other guys in the mix or whatever. But I am starting to talk myself into Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen right now, and it's not even necessarily because of the injury. That's obviously going to play a huge part of this moving forward. But the Bills, in my opinion, when healthy, have the best roster in the NFL top to bottom, one of the best supporting casts in the NFL top to bottom. And so Josh Allen gets help when he does even make those mistakes. Lamar Jackson is sitting at six and three with this Ravens offense that is totally falling apart for the second season in a row. And he continues to win games and he's going to make the playoffs in all likelihood unless they just fall apart even more down the stretch. So I have to go with Lamar Jackson right now because it all unravels without him. And that's what I look at when I'm looking at my MVP candidates. Is it Lamar's fault that this team has blown multiple double, double digit leads? Like what would their record yeah, be? Yeah, that is now? crazy. When you, when you've looked at the, they have the stats, right. And they, they showed them during the game of like all the teams that, you know, through nine weeks have had held double digit leads in like every single game. And all of the other teams in NFL history are like undefeated. And then the Ravens are there at six and three. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> how, what, how did that happen? All right. Congratulations, Lamar Jackson. You move on. We've got two other names left on the list. Justice Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts at plus 250. Man, I didn't think Lamar was going to last this long, but now Me either you look at it. I think, dang. So I think Hurts. I think the voters would vote Hurts, right? He has the stats. His team is doing a lot better. But I think if you look at – because they are playing in kind of like a similar system, right? You look at who is a product of what's around them more. I would say Hurts is more of a pro- – I mean, he's got the best offensive line in football in front of him. He gets to throw to A.J. Brown, right? They have a good running back out of the backfield. Um, you know, they got some tight ends. 
I think as an individual talent, I'd probably go Lamar, but I think Hertz would get the votes, if that makes sense. So I personally would go Lamar. Hertz has had a good year. Um, give him all the credit in the world for that. Cause you know, two years ago, the Eagles were poking their head around the draft market at quarterback, right? Like going into Jalen Hurts' second year, um, they were bringing in quarterbacks for pre-draft visits. Like they were legitimately considering just like, all right, we drafted this guy in the second round, but can we get better? Now Hurts has proven himself that at least they can win ball games with him, right? And they can build an offense around him, even if he does have, you know, some pretty great talent around him. The stuff that they're doing, with the short yardage stuff is so hard to stop because it's not just quarterback sneaks with Jalen Hurts. He'll take the ball and he'll bounce it two gaps over. And it's like, how do you stop these third and ones, fourth and ones with Jalen Hurts under center? Because if he's he has all the gaps on the offensive line available, it's pretty hard to stuff the run for one yard when you have a quarterback like that under center. Yeah, I think you can kind of see that in his rushing totals too when you compare it to a guy like Lamar where Lamar is a part of the overall running game and Hurts is more so like high leverage situations when, hey, we need to get three yards, two yards, one yard here. We are going to use our quarterback in that situation. I think that's... And they got a tight end pushing his back. Right, right. (laughs) They'll motion him too. Yeah, Yeah, that's some sick stuff. Some Um, sick, sick stuff. It's pretty cool though. So I... I thought that we would see Hertz develop as a runner, but not as much as he has as a passer. And that really hasn't been the case. When you're watching him throw the ball and when you're watching him throw these fades, it's right on the money, man. AJ Brown is not known as his deep ball um, 50-50 guy, but he doesn't have to because the ball is landing exactly where it needs to be. You mentioned a product of their environment. You forgot to mention the former Heisman winner, Devonta Smith, as being one of his weapons. Yes. <laughs> that, that guy's out there too. Imagine if the Ravens had Devonta Smith, man. Again, I think my answer is if we just keep swapping these players, and I know that's not fair because uh, any offense would change outside of Greg Roman if they had Lamar Jackson. So I don't know how you can pick against him, but what I think when you said Hurts has having a good season, kind of selling him short, I think he's having a great season. I think he's exceeded expectations. So maybe in in that line of thinking, in that train of thought, because he's been above, he's gone above and beyond of what we like. We thought he's capable of. Um, maybe we should go hers. And I mean, being at plus two fifty kind of tells you their record, um, everything that he's doing so far. It's probably going to be hurts. I, I think. I think a hundred percent. I think the voters a hundred percent would go hurts. Um, so KP, are you? Stats. But you sounds like you're going Lamar. You both went Lamar. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm going to pick Lamar no matter what. Yeah, I'm picking Lamar. All right, well, then do we even need to do the last one? Lamar and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, KP? Oh, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> uh, by the way, I should mention Mahomes is plus 200. He has the best MVP odds. So they're going to be on national television, which matters. I don't know how many more primetime games the Ravens have, but the Chiefs just got flexed into another primetime game, uh, not this coming Sunday night, but the following Sunday night. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, best quarterback. I'm I don't know if the best player is fair to Aaron Donald, but I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. There is nobody like him. There will probably not be anybody like him for a long, long time. The things that he is able to do. And honestly, like when we're talking about situations, Juju Smith isn't exactly the best wide receiver in the NFL, like Tyreek Hill. They are 
relying on like uh was sky more a second round pick i i don't know if he's yeah. a second or third round pick so yeah they they drafted a wide receiver in the second round and sky more really hasn't done anything for him so it's been juju smith it's been uh michael hartman who uh, it was like second and forever third and forever mahomes stands in there it's him exactly where he needs to, and the ball bounces off his freaking helmet. If that doesn't tell he's, you, he's so frustrating to watch, man. It, uh, <laughs> right, because he has like the speed and everything necessary to thrive in that offense, but he can't come through. Um, I don't know what Mahomes does poorly. In my opinion, and I know we're not talking about this, like he's the best quarterback that I've seen in my lifetime, and he's probably only going to continue to get better. So, Henry puts a lot on his plate. They don't really have a running game. A, I mean, I think they're transitioning to a new running back from CEH to uh, Pacheco. There's Travis Kelsey, who's a great player, but he runs like three or four routes. Everybody knows it's coming, and Patrick Mahomes still finds a way to get him the ball. I feel like <laughs> that is really freaking impressive. Um, obviously, everybody knows about Mahomes scrambling around and extending plays. Rob, you remember watching the 49ers and Chiefs a couple weeks ago what Mahomes was able to do to that defense and what he's been able to do, honestly, against any defense. What drives me insane, I'm getting way off topic here. When people reference Andy Reid off by, like, when are they ever bad? Like, why why are we only limiting to that? Like, when is Patrick Mahomes bad? When is there a scenario that, oh, well, in this week or in this scenario, uh, he, his numbers are down? I don't buy that at all. So, I, I mean, if, if you were to pick, if you were to tell me your MVP pick was Patrick Mahomes, like, yeah, that makes sense. But Lamar, I, th- I think Kansas City's right up there with what they do is because of what they have under center, right? I, I know they run very different offenses, but like, look at even the last game. The Titans completed five passes. Patrick Mahomes threw sixty-eight times. He has back-to-back four hundred-yard games. He has three straight games of 300 yards plus. It's almost been a full year since Aaron Rodgers has thrown a 300-yard game, and that was a guy who won a back, back-to-back MVPs. I don't know what the right term is. You know, people talk about, like, voter fatigue, right, when, when guys mm-hmm. win back-to-back MVPs. Whatever the opposite of that is is, like, what Mahomes feels like, right, where it's like he's only won one MVP. It was four years ago. This is, you know, KP's point. He said he's the best quarterback he's ever seen. I'm right up there with him in terms of just, like, pure talent and, like, what he can do on the field and stuff like that. It feels like he's due, right? So I think it's, like, if it's close, I I think Mahomes, as long as the Chiefs keep winning and right now, you know, they're in the driver's seat for, Don't have to worry about that. (laughs) the, the, The hardest division in the sport, right? The one that we came in and we all said, like, hey, you know, the Chargers, the Broncos, um, the the Chiefs, you know, they had to trade away some of their pieces and stuff like that. Uh, the Raiders, like every single one of these teams invested a lot to be able to win immediately, right? And some of these teams are, are going to be let down. The fact that the Chiefs still are able to win in those kind of circumstances when the, Ra- the Raiders traded for one of the better wide receivers in the league, the Broncos traded for a new quarterback. The Chargers made all these changes on the defensive side. It's because of Mahomes, and you have to give him credit for that. So I definitely would have Mahomes with a bullet as my number one candidate. I would take him over Geno or Lamar KP. So, I mean, if you let's keep Mahomes. Look at what he's doing in the last four to five games. 
So they dropped 41 on the road at Tampa Bay, and they took their foot off the gas in that game. Like they could have probably easily um, reached the high 50s, low 60s. So carved up Todd Bowles, Raiders next week. The week after that, we just talked about the Bills having the best roster. He went for 338 against the Bills. And they I know they lost and they only scored 20 points. He was not the issue. I know he had a they had a red zone turnover or whatever, but like he was very, very good in that game. The next week against the 49ers, he scored 90 hundred points, uh, <laughs> had 600 yards, it made everything look easy in that game. And then Vrabel, who did everything he possibly could to slow the game down, to make sure that they limited five completions. Five. In an NFL game. That is really nuts to say out loud. 446 yards, uh, 6.6 yards per attempt. But the way that he was getting those yards, the way that he was keeping the Chiefs on schedule, like he is incredible, man. So I I, I don't – it's kind of tough to compare him to anybody else in that sense. So maybe that's why he is the MVP if you're going to uh, label him there. But I don't – I mean, I don't have anything to say about – poorly about uh, Patrick Mahomes, that's for sure. He's about yeah. to set his personal high for yards per game. That's a problem, man. That's I, a problem. With no I feel reach. like he has what we were hoping we would get with Trey Lance, right, KP? Like the guy who has this elite, incredible play caller who can always put guys in good positions, but also if somebody misses a block, receiver mm-hmm. runs a wrong route, if things don't go according to plan, has the ability to transcend the play calling and the coaching and make a play. And that's what makes him so difficult. Just like Lamar is you can do everything right as a defense and still lose. It's infuriating. Yes. They're not. It's, it can be second and 16 and you have no fear that they're not going to pick up the first down. Like that, <laughs> there's nothing more infuriating than that. Like just watching even the last game that I think they had the Titans had them in a, a lot of longer down and distances and like it was nothing. They'd pick it up. And when I say they, I mean Mahomes scrambling around, buying time for his wide receivers who cannot separate to get open and throw them open. It It's nuts what he's able to do. So I think we got to go to Steven again to decide the gauntlet to pick the winner for this week, Steven. I'm sure this your will be. Hands, Patrick <laughs> yeah. Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Can we, before we do this, can we say where Steve works? <laughs> uh, that's true. I think it's only fair. You do cover the Chiefs for Arrowhead Pride. Well, maybe biased. I try not to be. And I, I love Lamar. And I already gave you guys all the reasons why I, I think Lamar is a strong MVP candidate who should be higher on the list. But it's got to be Patrick Mahomes right now. <laughs> uh, he was my preseason lock because we went through this weird thing this offseason where it was like Herbert's better than Mahomes, Joe Burrow's better than Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes mentioned all of those things. Like he was keeping a <laughs> checklist sure of that. He was keeping a checklist of Tyreek Hill, you know, slyly saying, oh, two is the most accurate quarterback that has ever thrown me the ball and saying things like that. And we're seeing pissed off Patrick Mahomes this season, and he looks unstoppable. Pete Sweeney put it better than I could have during that fourth quarter against Tennessee Titans the other night. It's that it was in the NFL, you saw – the best player on the planet ascend to like an NBA superstar caliber caliber level of play. And he just said, I'm taking you guys with me hop on. And he just won them the football game single-handedly because the Titans should have won that game. Like yes, the Titans 100%. completing five passes should have won that football game. And Patrick Mahomes is like, I'm not losing to Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans again. 
and he would not allow it to happen. So I, I don't see how I could pick anybody other than him right now. A hundred percent fair. I want to. I want to bring up. I want to bring up. You guys were talking about quarterbacks sending play calls. You mean uh, quarterbacks just don't have to like mf twenty two year old wide receivers? <laughs> now you guys are telling me. That's what I'm watching on Sunday. A lot of mental mistakes <laughs> happen in Green Bay. Apparently, none of them are coming from the quarterback position, though, right? It's all. Uh, he, he said he had a bad game finally. Yeah, you threw three oh, picks oh. against the Lions, dude. <laughs> Thanks. I they can't... inside the five, too. Two of them were. One was a one was a bender. But yeah, uh, the moment I think like my Joker moment for the season, where I just like just have the mental breakdown and start laughing, had to be when they underthrew a wide-open David Bakhtiari for an interception. <laughs> I've no, never seen it. wasn't they. Don't say name. his name. It, it, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And then Bakhtiari couldn't play the second half other than the two-minute drill, which he was apparently now healthy. Oh, did he get hurt but on that play? KP. I'm, look, we're not doing Bakhtiari right now. I, I, he comes and goes. He comes and goes. <laughs> he played the first half. He was healthy enough to catch a, a reception. Was missed the entire second half, other oh than the two-minute drill when he magically got healthy enough to be able to play football again. He is missing practice on this Wednesday, by the way. That never registered. Like, I'm watching the game, and I, I, I'm i not watching it. Um, I put it on mute, but I, that never registered. But it makes a ton of sense now. Holy smokes, man. Do you think that this is the last season of Aaron Rodgers' career? Uh, I believe Aaron Rodgers' cap hit for a, tra- a team that trades for him would be, like, I think it's like 18 million, and then the next year is like 28 million. Um, the way that it's structured is structured in a really weird way. I don't think the Packers are good enough to compete for a Super Bowl with how their roster is constructed right now, and they're not going to get a lot of help because they still have all these void years that they have to pay for stuff in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers comes back and is like, after the offseason, is like, dude, trade me. And the Packers are like, we kind of got to right now. Because what else are we doing? So uh, his his former, we didn't talk about this at all. His former center, Jeff Saturday, is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. They could use a quarterback. Bring me them first round picks, baby. How did we not talk about that at all? (laughs) Like, uh, how is this a real thing? Did Jim Irsay just literally go in his contacts and flick the screen up and just wherever it landed, that's who he picked to be the head coach? The guy has no college head coach. Did you see the thing that said today? No, what was it? Ursay Ursay called Jeff Saturday during the game last week and was like, "What's wrong with the protections? Explain what's wrong with the protections to me." <laughs> this is insane, dude. We've I can't tell if they're doing like before. tank commander because Ursay <laughs> fires a guy after every loss, right? Yes. I mean, he's basically done it since the Carson Wentz blow up against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars to end the season last year. He's he's fired a guy after every loss, and now their play callers was the assistant quarterback coach. Not the quarterback coach, the assistant quarterback coach who's like 30 years old. What the hell is going on in Indianapolis? Nobody on that staff has ever called plays before. Nobody. Dude, how pissed are you if you're Reggie Wayne? You were there for around Peyton Manning, too. You were on the offensive side, too. You've been in the building coaching in the NFL, and they promote an assistant quarterback coach to call plays, and Jeff Saturday off an ESPN set? To be the head coach? How pissed are you? How little does Jim Ursay think of this coaching staff? Yeah, Crazy. I think if I'm a guy like Reggie Wayne or somebody who's aspiring to be a coach, I'm probably happy that I wasn't named um, an interim or whatever 
who's going to take this job in the offseason knowing that this is the mindset? Hey, he said he said Jeff Saturday is going to be a coach for eight games, may hopefully more. So you you know they're probably going to get destroyed by the Raiders this Saturday. Like, does he know that? <laughs> Dude, this team isn't good. This team, they, the, the Colts are, to me, I understand they're like, what, they're like 3-3-1 three, three and one or something like that. They're somewhere around 500. They, to me, are one of the worst teams in football. It's like them, probably the Commanders, probably the Steelers, like teams like that at the very bottom. I, I think the Colts are going to tank badly enough to where they're in the conversation for a quarterback. This is like... I just can't get over what we're seeing. The 49ers fired Jim Harbaugh to bring on Jim Tom Sula, who had never been a head coach before. But Jim Tom Sula had been there for years. He was a defensive line coach. And He's that like player's was, favorite, though. That like, was crazy. Yeah. This is Somebody so far. In the building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the Colts are doing is so far beyond that. He literally called up a guy he saw on TV and asked him to come coach the team. And Jeff Saturday almost brought in Dan Orlovsky to be on the coaching staff. Also from ESPN, like this is like, this is like that old movie rookie of the year where the kid like comes out of the crowd and starts pitching in the major league game. Like the Jeff Saturdays, the coach of the Colts. This is, I cannot wait to see what happens the rest of the year. They have gone from utterly irrelevant to incredibly like must watch. Interesting. Yeah. This is reality TV show. Like that's all it is. You, you, you want to see what's going to happen next. You know, that what you're watching is probably going to be terrible, but you can't look away. Yeah. The Colts, I don't know who their free agents are, but if you're a free agent, you're on an expiring contract on the Colts, right? This has to be massive eye roll time, right? Where you're just like, are you kidding me? What type of Mickey Mouse stuff are we doing here? We're supposed Speaking to be a professional organization. Speaking of bad teams, Sean McVay just said, John, um, Matthew Stafford's in the concussion protocol. Oh, man. The NFL is a festival right now. Remember when they told us he was going to be healthy? Don't worry about uh, anything. Anyway, I wouldn't bet on Josh Allen being the MVP at the end of the year. <laughs> things are, yeah. Things are. And with yeah. that. Halfway through the year, things are going to look a lot different when we finally finish the season. Let's just, I think we can all agree on that. Congratulations, Patrick Mahomes. You win the Week 10 gauntlet as picked by the Homer Steven Serta. Steve Homer. <laughs> Justice, KP, thank you as always. Everybody, please continue. Rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. We always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it. Gentlemen, best of luck. We'll talk to you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.